This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, the palindromatic episode 575. This is our final episode of 2022. We'll be off next week and then be back with you first thing in 2023. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Today, as always, I am joined by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hi, hello. Welcome to the end of the year. Yay, we made it. We got there. Destin Legary also joining us, of course. How are you, sir? Last BAM of the year, 2023 awaits, and so does another trivia competition. <laughs> yes, we it's crowned true. Miranda champion last <laughs> week. Spoiler, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, Miranda, have you lorded this over Destin yet? Are you waiting until the trophy <laughs> arrives before you maybe you're going to just literally bring it into the studio and slam it on the desk? <laughs> I'm curious to, to know your plans for this. I, I like the slamming on the desk option. I do... I do like drama, so I think that'll be a good option for me whenever we do get back into the office and we have that in hand. It'll be fun. Yes, it will. Be. It'll be fun for me to watch because I yes. just uh, I, I enjoy seeing because Destin, you know, he wants those trophies and he's got a couple. He's got a couple on the That's shelf. That's true. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's my I turn. I have three. I have three. <laughs> yeah. How long have we been doing this? Because Brandon Tyrell won once or twice, too. So, gosh, I guess we've been doing this for a while. It's uh it's fun. It's fun. So send in your questions, by the way. If you've got good Xbox trivia, I could use a, a replenishment of the vault, of the, the vault that I pull from for this. As you know, we so said, we'll kick it off in two weeks, our, our next show back right after the new year. So email your Xbox trivia questions to me. These guys don't see them. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include, of course, the trivia question, four multiple choice answers. Note the correct answer in, in your email. And don't forget your name. And if you'd like us to read it on the air, your gamer tag as well. And you've got a chance to be featured on Podcast Unlocked. All right. Uh, quick housekeeping before we get going. We're going to talk about our favorite Xbox games of the year. I don't know. I think IGN's Game of the Year awards must be going up soon. But our, the, we're going to do our just personal picks here in a few minutes. But first, uh, I want to mention, again, IGN Rewards. That is our revamped IGN Prime program. Go to IGN.com slash rewards. We have a couple interesting sweepstakes going right now. Survive to escape the Callisto Protocol sweepstakes, where we are giving away an HB custom PC, a pair of, I don't know how to pronounce this, CZ or C's custom Nikes. I'm so out of touch. I'm old. The collector's edition of the Callisto Protocol game and so much more. This is open to U.S. residents. And then... Halo for the Holidays sweepstakes, hitting a little closer to home on the Xbox front. Presented by Jazzwares, 15 winners will receive a Halo prize pack, including a Halo figures and more. This one's also for U.S. residents and ends very soon. Actually, apparently this one's only going till the 22nd. So I figure most of you are going to hear this on the 21st. So head on over right now, IGN.com slash rewards. There's a free tier to sign up for, but then you can support the podcast, sign up for the premium tier, uh, which is just a small fee each month, and you get free games, all kinds of stuff with that. Like We just added uh, Clang 1 and Clang 2. Other games available for Plus members include Blood Rain, Terminal Cut, Onsen Master, Tiny Troopers, Kingdom New Lands, and more. 
Again, IGN.com slash rewards. And so again, we are off next week, but we're here right now. Uh, happy to do one last show of 2022 for you. And let's just start with the headline topic. We'll go round robin style as we like to do with these. Our personal favorite Xbox games of the year. Miranda, you are our Unlock Block trivia champion. <laughs> so it is only fitting that, that we start hey, with you. Is this what it's going to be like? The rest, yes. of, rest of next year? Okay. The rest of this year, this. meaning this show, for sure, before the competition begins anew in two weeks. Miranda, give me one of your three favorite Xbox games of 2022, and let's talk about it. Right, yeah. So this was a, a difficult question to answer, because I'm trying to find things, of course, that are very Xbox-centric, and I thought most about, like, what did I play most on my Xbox this year? And it was a very easy answer, and that was Elden Ring. Um, I'm so glad we got Elden Ring on Xbox. I spent so much time in the lands between on my Xbox, and I'm really grateful that we did have it on Xbox specifically because I wanted to use the Xbox controller. Um, I think it just makes a difference when you're playing a really hard game on a com controller you're comfortable with, especially if you're not playing mouse and keyboard, if that's not your preferred one. So uh, for me, one thing I didn't need adding to my stress is my hands hurting, which maybe sounds like, wow, Marina, that sounds a little silly, but no, 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 no. Um, oh. The PlayStation controller really hurts my hands after time, and I'm not as good with mouse and keyboard as I'd like to be. So being able to be really comfortable and, of course, getting to play on my big screen TV with my Xbox hooked up was just a really nice experience for me to really sink into this game. Um, it is IGN's game of the year for good reason as well, and I think it's just such a awesome challenging experience that i'm glad i got to dive into and we'll be going back it, to well it's so funny you say that about the playstation controller because while i was playing god of war i would get claw hand right or like your yeah. hands felt like they cramped up and i'd be massaging my hands i i didn't connect that with the controller at the time but yeah it's, ergonomics, it's ergonomics right oh yeah yeah ergonomics are a thing i mean you know some for you know you you uh you aren't very compatible with with PlayStation controls Miranda some people it's perfect for them that's the beauty yep. part of of having different options in the controller space i i mean i'm with you i for me it's it really comes down to we're just like rehashing the old argument but it's the offset sticks yeah it's just it it's makes a difference my preference i just it is better for me, maybe not for those of you all, everybody out there, but I mean, granted, we have an Xbox audience. Yeah. Thank goodness for <laughs> offset sticks. I, and also, I guess the other one for me on thumbstick note is uh, concave thumbsticks. Yeah. I don't yes. like the convex sticks that Sony does. I don't know why they do it. The The concave ones are grittier to me. They're easier to keep your, your thumbs on, but... Yeah, they're they're a little. They're bit, fine. Like, I mean, they're half yeah. and half now. They're half. I will say, and half. Yeah, the Dual Sense is definitely a better controller than the Dual Shock oh, yeah. ever was. Like leagues <laughs> yeah. and bounds. Like yeah, I, yeah. I think there are times when I actually do like playing a game with the Dual Sense, just because they do have that like added, like sounds and vibrations and different functionalities that they really try to lean into. And and like that's that's really fun, but. If I'm playing a game for like the long haul, again, that is as challenging as Elden Ring. I don't want to have to yeah. worry about my hands like flubbing stuff because they're just not that comfortable. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. that was me with Ninja Gaiden back in the day. Grateful to have an Xbox controller rather than a the inline sticks on the on the DualShock. Uh, all right, yeah. we're we're pivoting away from games, <laughs> talking about controllers. Destin, that brings right. us to you. Give it. Give me one of your one of your three favorite Xbox games of 2022. 
Do you want to talk about this one together, Ryan, or should I go to a different one? Because whatever you want, my friend. We have well, it's it's an open forum. This, it's the last show I, of the year. Whatever we want to do, it's I, all good. I did not think that this one would be on my list. All the preview coverage I was very negative on. I thought I would hate this game, but it is now the number one game being played on Xboxes everywhere. It's high on life. High on life is funny. It's like it's not a perfect game, no. obviously, but I had so much fun with this game. I love the humor. I really enjoyed a lot of the jokes. Like, no, not all the jokes hit, but when it did hit for me, I was actually like sitting in my chair laughing while I played through it. And I like the different personalities of the the guns, you know, and the different characters you can meet. There's just so many little jokes in there and different ways you can interact with situations. I was very pleasantly surprised, and I just finished it, actually, since the last Unlocked we recorded. Yeah. Oh, you wow. had asked if I had played yet, and I said I haven't played yet. <laughs> now you have. Yeah, it's six, seven hours, and I just I wanted to play it every night and just go through the campaign because I was enjoying it that much. Uh, very pleasantly surprised to be talking about High on Life and how how much I ended up enjoying this game, and I'm not the only one. No. Burning up the charts, this game is being played by so many players right now, and people seem to be liking it. For it's, it has overtaken Minecraft as the most played game on Xbox Game Pass, and I'm so happy yeah. for the Squanch Games team. I think I touched on this last week. You know, their last game was also funny, Trover Saves the Universe, but it was PSVR, and by default, not a lot yeah. of people have PSVR. You know, the, the install base on that is small, so now they are really... I'm just so happy for that team that, I mean, obviously they've made an excellent game, but that they're getting, like, they are having a moment right now and a well-deserved one. And and I'm so with you, Destin. I mean, this game, I love Rick and Morty. I'm actually, I missed that the second half of the season came back. So I, I've been, uh, I was watching the a couple of them last night. I've got a couple more to go to finish up this current season. And and yeah, I, this, the Royland sense of humor is, is right up my alley. I, I just... You're right. I mean, of course, it's a comedy, and it's it's an in an eight hour, eight to ten hour video game uh, that you really you can actually spend more time in it than that. For instance, there's an, an there are entire feature length movies <laughs> that you yeah. can watch. Tammy and the T Rex, starring a young Denise Richards and a young Paul Walker, uh, will uh, is something you can just sit and watch. If What's you the want movie to. with the What's the movie with the creepy clown singing Jack and Jill went up the hill? Oh, I haven't gotten to on... that one yet. See, I'm uh, I'm still early in the game because no Siri, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> um, oh yeah, it's... there's a space Applebee's. Yeah, here's the movie theater. So uh, yeah, the, I think oh, we talked goodness. about this last week. Yeah, it's if you watch the whole movie in the movie theater, there's a. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, a, a eight plus hour video game. Of course, not every joke's going to land, but there are plenty that do, and it is uh, it is just. I, we talked a lot. I know this was the headline topic last week, so I don't want to linger on this too long. But I guess what I would say that I didn't already say last week is just, again, expressing my my sheer joy that people are finding this game and that and I'm so happy for Squanch that they've got a hit here because uh, this you know, they're not a big team. This is not a like even though it plays great. This isn't a triple A game by budgetary standards, like not even close. Uh, when I was on the phone with Justin Roiland, when this game first got announced back at the Summer Showcase, I, I did a little phone interview with him, and he he actually told me what the budget was, and I I don't remember the number off the top of my head. It's it's a pittance compared to 
your traditional like 50 to 100 $100 million AAA game. But yet like there's so much heart and so much humor and so much like joy on screen and it just it plays well enough right Destin where it's yeah. it is a it's a competent first person shooter the guns are really funny and the the mm -hmm. actual as as guns they're fun and you mix in you know swinging around with the the secondary function of knifey and the jetpack and you just get there's enough there where the gameplay loops fun the the joke at the final boss that was well don't ruin amazing. it for anybody i'm not gonna me. ruin it i'm just gonna say it's amazing <laughs> the intro joke i really really like the intro joke like had me yeah i was like all right well if that's the sort of humor that we can sort of expect and some people didn't like that one but they like the one that most people have seen with the the choice about the little kid that you encounter yeah very early right? in the game yeah yeah and uh the the cool thing is different things happen depending on what decisions you make yeah like, and which I'm gun you are using as well yeah yeah you can actually do some really interesting stuff if you get guns early and then decide to go after one of the other bounties right because some guns are smarter than others i'll just say <laughs> yeah there's there's really cool unique things that can that can take place depending on how you play the game lots of great jokes just about game design and video gaming tropes and i i found myself enjoying it quite a bit yeah, same. Uh, and and you've obviously this was going to be my first pick as well. So we're covering it here. And yeah, just just play it. It's so much I'm so fun. Excited and to play. Yeah, what a what a great note to end the year on. You know what what has been? I think we'd all agree not Xbox's best year in terms of exclusives at all. Uh, in on any level, whether they're tiny exclusives or big exclusives. But yeah, what a great a great note to end the year on. Exclusive to Xbox. Uh, it's day one on Game Pass. Go check it out. So I'll go with my second one here as we head back around the room. Return to Monkey Island, and I and I don't think either of you have had a chance to play it. I know it's it's uh, it, point and click adventure games are not for everybody, but this has since come to Xbox and is also on Game Pass. Uh, and it's just a it's a tremendous point and click adventure game. You talk about humorous games return to monkey island is funny i mean it, it's comedy in games is sadly so rare i mean i know it's not easy to pull off i mean not not everybody is tim schaefer not everybody's ron gilbert not everybody's justin roiland but uh, return to monkey island is a game that i never thought would exist i never thought there'd be another ron gilbert monkey island game ron being the original creator of the game who uh departed lucasfilm and thus uh, after the first two Monkey Islands that he directed, every Monkey Island since, which there have been a few, have not involved him. But this one does. It's him coming back with Dave Grossman uh, as well, one of another of the original designers. And it just it plays great on Xbox. They they uh, it's direct control rather than trying to turn your your left thumbstick or right thumbstick into a, a mouse cursor. And it just it's funny. It's paced well. Uh, I love the look of it. It the music's great. It's like classic Monkey Island sort of Caribbean themed music. And you know, if you haven't played the other Monkey Islands, are you going to get as much out of Return to Monkey Island as I did? Probably not. But it's still a really fun game that I would highly encourage you to check out on Game Pass because these characters are all funny. They're all they're all likable, and uh, I think you'll have a good time with it. So, uh, Miranda, I'll go back to you. Give me give me your second pick. One of your one of your three. Uh, favorite Xbox games of the year? 
So the rest of my picks are Game, ba- game Pass games that I would recommend if you guys have not already started or tried them. And for me, next is Tinykin. So Tinykin was just such a delightful surprise for me. It's just one of those games where you sink into it and there's just so much to collect. Like, I just want to pick up all the things and that's what you do. Um, so in Tinykin, you're basically just this, this little person who is exploring a very big house and you just got to go get and collect a lot of things and unlock new rooms. And through that process of unlocking new rooms, like every layout is just like this new adventure to explore. It's very Pikmin-esque as well. So you have your little buddies that you want to protect and like go around with them. There are the cute bugs everywhere. I've honestly just been so shocked by how much I enjoyed this game. It was also very relaxing. Um, I know collection games aren't necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but for me, it was just really nice to solve these very light puzzles and then also to figure out how can I 100% this area just because I want to get all the little bits and I'm going to have my friends help me get them. And it's just such a cute game. And I, I do like it when it's the the idea of like, you're now tiny. You're now a tiny little person. You got to go explore this big world. I don't know what it is, but I think it's just that very different perspective tends to be a lot of fun. And I highly recommend it if you guys haven't gotten a ch- chance to check it out. So. And you waited a long time for this game, as I recall, Miranda. You, you've been talking about this game on Unlocked for a while. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I first saw some teases for it. And I was like, this the, the art style is what really spoke to me because you have like these 2D characters in like a 3D world. And I think when you mix styles like that, it's just so appealing. And of course, the characters pop in that very flat but appealing way. It's just like that stylistic difference that works so well. Um, and so I was honestly thrilled to see that something that I was, you know, really interested in playing ended up being one of my favorites this year. So highly recommend that one. Is my memory correct, Miranda? Did Double Fine publish this? I don't think so. I thought I, I remembered just, them being connected to it. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm thinking of something else. But in any case, uh, not that that is neither here nor there. But uh, yeah. yeah, good, good recommendation there, and definitely something that. You know, if it's on Game Pass, I'll bet uh, I'll bet your a lot of listeners are hearing about it for the first time, maybe. So they'll they'll check it out on your recommendation. Destin, hit me up. What do you got? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go to As Dusk Falls next, and the the reason that this one is on my list because again, it was one of those ones we were really critical of, and I said I'm gonna have to play it because I need to figure out what this game is about. I think leading up to the game's release, they did a really bad job marketing it. I didn't really understand what it was, why I should care about the characters. But by the end of As Dust Falls, your decisions impact how the lives of many of the different characters end up playing out. Yeah. And I really enjoyed seeing the whole story unfold. You know the old saying, it's about the journey, not the destination so much. Um, it's just, it was just a pleasant surprise where you get to make choices that actually impact how the life of... A partic- I don't want to ruin it for anybody, yeah. but how a particular character unfolds at the end. And then it actually leaves it leaves open the possibility of there being a sequel in the future for As Thus Falls, which hopefully is on the way. So this is one where I was definitely caught off by surprise. I didn't expect twists and turns that were revealed. And it's really about what kind of decisions what I have made when I was younger because it deals with teenagers, it deals with a father, and it deals with a a child as sort of the main characters throughout the experience. And um, I think there's a little bit of something for everybody in terms of sort of reflecting on 
how you would handle particular situations. And uh, I liked it a lot. Feel bad for some of the the choices that some of the characters had to made, but make. But yeah, uh, I I would recommend giving it a shot. I'm glad you mentioned this one. Oh, sorry, Miranda, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's funny when you're like, oh, what would you have made in a decision? I was like, oh, well, if it's Ryan, he says to all choose all the mean options. <laughs> so it's easy, easy decision. But yeah, yeah it's I, kind of fun to see that unfold too. You're reminding me, Destin. I need to finish this. I finished. Um, is it is it like it's either chapters or episodes? And I I think yeah. I'm I'm at the I think I finished the second episode and I'm on what I think is now the, the third and f I think final one. So I, yeah, if you I told I, me what happened. I can tell you where you are. I know I'd have to fire it up, but um, which maybe I'll do that after after this. But yeah, it's I, it had me because I, I I will say I still am not a fan of the animation style. Yeah, uh, same. I, know, I, I don't like it at all. But, yeah, but yeah, the story's great, and that's what this game is about. And um, yeah, I've I've. I'll, I'm looking. I should finish it so then, Destin, we can compare notes to see what choices I made versus <laughs> what choices you made. I do like that at the end of the, uh, the the chapters or episodes or whatever, it it does show you like all the forks in the road yeah. that you could have taken. I like I like that a lot too because you're like, oh, that could have happened. Like yeah. I could have went down that path. That's really interesting, and it gives an element of replayability, which is nice if you want to like experience again but it's on game pass so it's one of those games yep. where it's like well you know they they've done the marketing for this we've been critical let's actually sit down and play it and i actually want to take this opportunity to mention pentiment which has gotten a lot of praise uh before the show i was just playing it a little bit because i don't like the intro of that game but mm -hmm. now i'm in the part where you just kind of get to make decisions about how the main character's life unfolds yeah and it, it immediately starts getting its hooks in you a little bit so I'm like, okay, all right, you might have enough to have me continue through because that one got some tens. So including from IGN. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as Dust Falls, I, we should mention the only Xbox game to take home a trophy at the game awards, winning for yeah. the Games for Impact <laughs> Awards. So yeah, take a look at it. And the nice part, it's it's not a it's not a super long game. I mean, As Dusk Falls is probably what? It seems like it's about six hours, Destin, right? It was, I think it was yeah, about like it's, it's, two hours it's per episode long. is what it, or chapter, what, yeah. again, whatever they are. Yeah, it's not too long. And I would just play through in like one hour, two hour chunks, yeah. you know? And then you kind of get to a natural stopping point and then you revisit it later. It, it's nice. Well, let's just round robin this thing back to the finish line, even though you... Just crowbarred in a bonus one, Destin, but that's okay because we're here to we're here to talk about cool games. So I'm gonna finish on my break, Pentiment. Yeah, give me one more, Destin. I see it on your list, and this oh, is this is right. a good pick here. All right. So my last one is Metal Hellsinger. Uh man, metal music and a first person shooter. You you shoot everything to the timing of the beat. And it's just like you're jamming out to the music, you're playing a video game, you're getting these awesome fatalities. Uh, it's really fun. I love this one a lot. Uh, very, very happy with Metal Hellsinger. I still need, this is another one I need to finish, but I, I'm just having a blast with it. I'm a big fan of metal. You know, I, I like rock. I like metal in that genre. So when they managed to marry it with this sort of gameplay design and puzzles within the combat about how you end up combining your abilities for the, the most impact against the bosses or uh, you know, the stages where you have to sort of solve the combat puzzle and move into the next area was very, very fun. 
And just watching this clip right now, like I can hear the music in my head. <laughs> and dun, 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 dun. it's very fun. Highly recommend it. It's hard to articulate um, yeah. what it is as a game until you play it and you start getting into the rhythm of combat. And uh, I, I hope other people out there have gotten to play it and enjoy it as much as I did. Pleasant, another pleasant surprise. All the games I don't think I would have played if they weren't on Game Pass. I don't mean to sound like an ad, but like <laughs> I, I did my this year in Xbox thing, and it says like you played 36 games, right? Yeah. Most games are games I wouldn't have experienced otherwise. And I, mm -hmm. I, that's one of the things I love about the service. Yeah, it's you, you almost need to hear Metal Hell Singer because it's you're you are yeah you are <laughs> like shooting to the the beat, uh, which is it's just, it's just it takes a little you know getting used to, yeah. but then when you get into it, like it really like it really does connect you to the to the game in a, in a very unique way, mm -hmm. and and I agree this one this one was a treat. I mean, it's a very you know it's does it stand up to doom and doom eternal in the combat? No, it doesn't, but it's got its own unique hook with a, you know, dollar store version of doom eternals combat. Uh, that sounds like a, and I'm, that's, that that's, I'm that's, you know, dragging on it, which I don't yeah. really mean to, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's, good, it's, in it's a good time. Right. It's good. And yeah. it's on right. Yeah. It's uh it's a good time. Uh, let's see, Miranda, you've got one more on your list. Yeah, um, the final one for me is going to be Escape Academy. So I've had a very puzzle-themed year, I guess. A lot of the games I most tend to have a lot of puzzles. And I think it's just something cool to play with because I, I don't, you don't have a lot of puzzles in your daily life, like challenges, sure, but like fun puzzles where you get to sit down and think, like, all right, how does this work and how do I solve it in like a really fun way. Uh, that was just something that I noticed a lot in games this year and just had a great time with. Um, especially because this Escape Academy is co-op. So I got to play with my twin sister and we think very differently. And so if I get stumped on a puzzle, I'm like, hey, I'm swapping you in for this one. Go do this other part. And I was like, okay, we'll swap in for this other part. And it was just such a great time. Um, so Escape Academy is a game about um, a person who is recruited or two people, if you are playing co-op, who are recruited for this escape school. So it's basically, you go to this like really rundown weird escape room and they're like, oh yeah, this is the first test to see if you could like, if you could solve all this, you can go to the academy and and then you get invited to this academy and there's all these like really wacky professors that are like trying to get you to learn how to be like a cool spy and stuff. And there's a light story to it. Some of it's a little goofy, but I really liked a lot of the characters. Some of the puzzles, especially toward the end, got rather challenging. And I was like, you know, I actually don't know how to do this. And so sometimes we ended up having to get uh, little hint cards, which would like knock down your grade. And we're like, oh, we got to do this again. We got to get a, like a top scores, you know? Um, so it ended up just being a ton of fun. And I'm really glad that this is a game that came out this year. Also, of course, on Game Pass. So definitely give it a try. I agree. I played a chunk of this at uh, the Summer Game Fest event back in July, like right before right before it came out. <laughs> and I had a ball with it. Like, and uh, I played a little bit of it solo, and then and then uh, Alana Pierce and I actually played some of it in co-op. And yeah, I I this is another one that I want to go back and finish. In fact, just this morning, my daughter, who's now on the holiday break for school, we, we've implemented a you know a time limit on the screen time. Uh, for her and she's and it's well, what about if we play the game a game together does that count my against my screen time like, <laughs> no that's fine so and I, I had the thought of you know what i should i'm gonna play escape academy with her because 
you know, I'll let I'll let kind of her take the lead, and I think that would be a I think that'd be a fun way to go. Uh, now I will add Miranda. I, I have to say, mm-hmm. if you want good, more good puzzle times, you should play Return to Monkey Island. Yes, I <laughs> just put that in there. I have that noted. Excellent, excellent, uh, love it. You better sell me on Tiny Kid Miranda. Like that one looks really cool, and I it's... really like the, the art style. Looks familiar for some reason. Yeah, I would I just say it's it's very good for the brain in a weird way mm-hmm. to say it. Just like cleansing, relaxing, kind of repetitive, but not in a monotonous sort of way, but in like a repetitive sort of relaxing way. Um, and the characters are really cute. I love the roly polies. It's good. It's a good time. Did you play the garden game that dealt with time manipulation? I can't remember the gardens between or something like that. That's what I that's the vibe I'm like, from Tinykin, and I really like it. I feel like I've looked at that, but. Did I play oh. that one? I think it's off Game Pass now, but I was just curious because. Sorry, sorry, Ryan. My bad. Again. It's okay. That's oh, I like video games. Yeah, I did play some of this. Yeah, um, I liked it. That was also a very cool puzzle game. That one mm. came out. That's a few years. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I played that when it was on Game Pass. I played it. I streamed it actually. It was it was a good time. Then there's Costume Quest and Costume Quest 2, which are also on Game Pass. <laughs> well, we don't year. have to name every puzzle game, Justin. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Well, no, uh, that's more, Costume Quest is more of an RPG, but I'm stuck with the stupid candy corn. <laughs> and I can't get the new costume, so I just, like, I'm done. Yeah, that's, uh, Costume Quest is a double fine game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll, I'll give the last, my last one here, a game I gave a 9 out of 10. Was it, I think? This was the, no, I, I gave Monkey Island a nine as well. So I gave two nines this year. Tunic. Tunic, which is, you know, no longer an Xbox exclusive. It was for six months, came out in March as a, as a timed console exclusive for Xbox. And this game uh, is just, what a delight. It is adorable uh, until you start digging into it. And then you understand quickly that it is not joking around. This is a, this is a tough game. and it. I, what I love about it is that it teaches you, or it tells you nothing. You have to pick everything up on your own, and then there are these, you know, there are these hidden instru- video game instruction manual pages so around cute. the world. So, so cute. That aren't in English. They're just in a fake, you know, fake in-game language. And so you, you have to use the, 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 the images, the pictographs on these instruction manual pages <laughs> to figure out what to do and where to go next and it's it's really smart in the way it does deliver information to the player and leaving you to figure out a lot i mean there are tough bosses in this game there are great upgrades that you can get uh there's so much exploration i mean yes it is a it is it is as if basically it's linked to the past meets dark souls really like it's the combat's super soulsy i mean there's there's some tough tough fights in this game but I adore it. I love the look of it, the sound of it. The music's incredible as well. Um, I know I signed up. Miranda, they, they did finally announce they were going to do a plush to oh, yeah. Fox. But it was just a sign up to no- get notified when it's available on their website. And I still haven't gotten a notification. So I guess, I guess those aren't quite out yet. But that's going to get added to the collection. Yeah, I get like it comes a, out. But this I game's get, fantastic. I get a Wind Waker vibe on this one. Mm-hmm. But I, I get yeah. lots of the past too. Yeah, definitely. Zelda E. Well, it's yeah, it's it's. Uh, I see where you're. I mean, it's kind of a artistically, it's a little more Wind Waker E, although it's not like fully cel shaded. But 
it was uh, gameplay wise it's very it's very linked to the past um, um yeah i'll say too we have a pretty robust guide for this as well if you need help because obviously there's quite a bit there um i'm just glad that this turned out to be as good as you were hoping for brian because i know yeah. we were looking forward to this for a very long time and i am ashamed to say that i still haven't gotten to play this like it's just been that busy of a year you know um but i'm very much looking forward to like sitting down looking at my games list and figuring out like what gets priority like obviously i have to finish pokemon because i'm a big pokemon fan but after that like i i think i'm gonna get into high on life i'll probably go back to elden ring for some more but then also i really want to play tunic yeah and if uh you know hey play it on xbox sure we're an xbox podcast but i will say if you've got a steam deck you may want to consider buying the steam version because this would be a great steam deck game as well it, there was no or i didn't have the steam deck yet yeah. when uh when i reviewed this when this came out but yeah it's it's awesome and there's just a lot a, a, there's a lot to it it's it's not a it's not like a crazy long game by modern standards but it's not a short game either there's there's plenty plenty of meat to chew on with this one so there you go there are there are our nine and i guess destin crowbart in one or two more <laughs> 10 or so favorite personal xbox games of 2022 uh it's 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 not you know while we haven't had a ton of blockbuster exclusives on xbox there's still been plenty of great stuff to play all right let's do a little bit of news before we get out of here as you might imagine the news cycle slowing down a bit here as we head towards the holidays yeah but uh it's why not talk about the activision situation one more time before uh before 2022 ends and i have a feeling we're going to keep talking about it into 2023 as well so the latest comes from a microsoft executive who says that xbox's activision deal is fair because playstation has way more exclusives as reported by bloomberg microsoft's president and vice chairman brad smith said during an annual shareholders meeting that Microsoft would present Sony's dominant position in the market as one reason why its $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard should be allowed to go through. The company will defend its colossal deal in court after the FTC announced earlier in December that it would seek to block it. Quote, the FTC's case is really based on a market that they've identified that they say has two companies and two products. Sony PlayStation, Microsoft Xbox, Smith said. If you look at the global market, seven, Sony has 70% of that market, and we have 30%. I love that everyone's just pretending that Nintendo doesn't exist. Yeah, it's neither here nor there. Hello? <laughs> it's, it's very bizarre. Uh, so he, Brad Smith continues. So the first thing a judge is going to have to decide is whether the FTC lawsuit is a case that will promote competition, or is it really instead of, instead of, and instead of case that will protect the largest competitor from competition. Smith added that PlayStation has 286 exclusive games, while Xbox only has 59. Quote, so the administrative law judge is going to have to decide whether going from 59 to 60 is such a danger to competition that he should stop this from moving forward. End quote. Uh, well, congratulations, <laughs> Mr. Smith, on both making your case in a, in a rather 
sound fashion there with that quote and reminding your customers how poorly xbox has done in the exclusive games department yeah. <laughs> all in a single statement bravo man yeah uh destin yeah that that's a, like a little that's like a little just extra twist of the knife for xbox fans on the one hand he is making a really good point to the ftc you're you're yes. basically worried that the market leader might have competition in the market. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. But separately, you're right. It also kind of shows that Xbox has a lot of studios and the number of exclusives that the Xbox ecosystem has actually managed to produce is quite low in comparison to the number of studios. Now, if they were to purchase Activision Blizzard, they're basically on par with the number of studios that Sony has, right? In terms of uh, developers available, and at their disposal. But if it doesn't go through, they will continue to be at that detriment. Seeing that Sony has managed to produce 286 exclusives to 59 is quite the staggering differentiation between the two companies. And doesn't, I mean, that should wake Xbox and Microsoft up more than anything. Where are these studio games that are supposed to be coming out? What is going on within this pipeline that is not working? It absolutely needs to be addressed and corrected. I think the FTC's case is terrible. I think their, their main thesis statement, which the, the CMA uh, came out and said, basically, that's not really what we said. That's not what happened. Um, and two of the biggest unions in the United States have come forward to say, that A, they support the deal, and B, they think the FTC has made a huge mistake in attempting to block this deal. So it's just very weird that the FTC is the first one to sue to block, basically because of the argument that Sony has been making. Yeah. And Sony is the market leader. So why, one of the concerns the FTC brought up was that Sony could end up like Nintendo. What do you mean end up hugely profitable? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? What a horrible fate. Yeah. Oh, no. That would be terrible. It's very strange to me coming out of the pandemic, seeing how well Nintendo did that they're like, if you look at the global market, quoting from this, Sony has 70% of that market. We have 30%. I'm like, where is literally every other element of the game system in the market? Like, yeah. there's Nintendo. We have PC. We have mobile. mobile. Like, it's not yeah. like it what it doesn't just stop there so it's very weird to see it's so much about like sony versus microsoft and that's it it's like yep did nintendo do nothing to earn your respect like <laughs> they only have a massive movie coming out featuring a bunch of celebrities they have a full-on theme park launching in universal soon here in the united states and hollywood and they have a lot of other things so just for that to be such a weird gap is so strange to me not that obviously they're trying to i mean I, it makes sense because sony has such a big investment in call of duty specifically and i understand that's why they're leaning so much on it but it's strange to see that such a big omission and i will say too like i haven't read the full report but just to see this constant comparison between those two is is really weird to me it's like it it might I, be i get because... it but also come on it might be because Sony PlayStation is literally going to Washington and lobbying to block this case. They, mm -hmm. That's a thing that has been happening. They also mm -hmm. flew to the, 
the UK and the EU to also lobby against this case. Everybody else asked has no issue with it going forward and they feel they have their own properties like Battlefield and Rainbow Six that uh, compete just fine. Nintendo's signing 10-year deals for Call of Duty. Sony has a deal on the table. It's just, it's baffling to me that the FTC would go to court against an American company for something that, to me on paper, looks like a positive thing for the industry. Like, well, forcing I, Sony I, to compete seems good to me. And even what, what I just had to, all I could do was laugh. Bernie Sanders came out and tweeted yeah. about this. Oh, Bernie which, did. I didn't see which, that. You know, it's just like, dude, come on. You know, whether you agree or disagree with Bernie's politics, it's, you know, he just sees, <laughs> he sees, oh, big company trying to get bigger. That equals bad. Yeah. Like, he knows nothing about the video game industry. Nothing. I mean, zero, less than zero is what Bernie Sanders knows about the video game space. He knows plenty about lots of stuff. He's been a policymaker, lawmaker for decades, but I just couldn't help but laugh when I saw him like, like just jumping in. Come on, man. I, I, what are you going to do? Like, uh, oh, so you disagree you with that? the unions that support it going through, Bernie? Like, <laughs> what are you, you're, you're against the workers? Like, yeah, Every union is different, so I don't think it's fair to lump them all into being like one it, monolith I, it's, of I'm not looping them all in. Two different unions. The yeah, big, huge that's only unions. two have come forward to support it. Nobody's against it. Like no union has said, we really don't want this to happen. So, yeah. In any case, uh, yeah. So it, what's also funny to me about this is, okay, if we're, I don't know quite how we tabulated the 286 versus the 59. I'm not going to try to get into that, but it, even if this deal goes through for Microsoft, they've already committed to keeping the only one that Sony clearly gives a rat's ass about, yeah. which is Call of Duty, they've committed to keeping that as a multi-platform game. And uh, Activision barely ships any other games because the current state, the last five to even 10 years of Activision, they have mostly, most of their studios work on Call of Duty. Yeah. And that, okay, that's made them, that's worked for them because it's the number one selling game every year. But it's not like it's not like that 286 versus 59 number would really drastically shift a lot. Because, uh, I mean, Blizzard, oh, I, I can't imagine. Like, Diablo 4 is coming out. That's a multi-platform game. Blizzard is not known for releasing games very often. So it's like, like what's, it was, uh, how many years? Diablo 3, it's going to be, it's 10 years between Diablo 3 and Diablo 4. Uh, Starcraft has been MIA for quite a while. War Warcraft's been MIA for longer. Uh, what? Oh, Overwatch, yeah, I guess, is really the only Overwatch. other thing. And I that's a multi-platform game. So the status of like Hearthstone and stuff are at the moment. Yeah, I think. Things like that, too. I think the fact that they're latching on the Call of Duty is going to bite them in the butt longer term because they're not focusing on the Diablo franchise. They're not. They mentioned Overwatch at least, right? But like there's World of Warcraft that's not being considered. And all the other IP that are actually in the Activision catalog just not even mentioned. Sure, well, I, sure, you can make a billion dollars for us every year by keeping Call of Duty. We don't care. Everybody can have Call of Duty. Just give us money, you know? I 
am curious. I wish we could like hear the behind the scenes discussions of like what their strategy is for this, because as you said, them focusing so hard on Call of Duty, which again, I think makes sense because it has a general name um, oh, yeah. recognition across anybody who's not even in games, right? And I would actually argue the same for World of Warcraft. Um, but at the same time, I, I do agree, Dustin, by them just so focusing hard singularly on this one thing is a little strange, but at the same time, I don't know what the FTC sees or how they think when they analyze a company. Um, so maybe it is just that one big thing. It's like, hey, this is so huge that like everyone and their their grandmas know about what Call of Duty is. Like they know that this is a new thing. They know it's a, it's a huge deal, uh, regardless of what you think about it or or if you want to get your kids it or whatever it is. It's still something that's really recognizable, and maybe that's why. I mean, it definitely is why they're leaning into it. And obviously, the money side of it. Well, but. well, the FTC's job though is to protect competition within the market, right? Yeah. So, Call of Duty clearly isn't going exclusive for the next decade. And the FTC wouldn't even hear, wouldn't even talk to Microsoft ahead of filing this decision. Yeah. I, if you read their points also, they're very flimsy. Like they don't even back up. They just say something with nothing backing it up. Mm -hmm. I, I think that if this goes to court, the FTC loses bad. So this is, that's, to that's me, exactly it's a political move. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. Like, I'm just very curious, sort of to Ryan's point, regardless of what you think of Bernie Sanders, um, it's just interesting seeing these people coming in, like saying something. And like, I'm curious as to what the reasoning behind it is be beyond like, this is a big company trying to buy another company that makes a lot of money, which I think those are still very important facts. But I want to know like, what else you have to say beyond that because i think specifically from the fdc i'm curious to see what how they make those arguments beyond like i think what they've been hearing regurgitated quite a lot yeah the when you think about like the reason call of duty is fixated on here it's obviously because it's the number one selling game every year but it's i mean you look the the casual console gamer to both of your point about the games everybody has heard of it's like what? What do what do we frequently hear that the the casual console gamer buys every year? They buy Call of Duty every year. They might buy Madden every year. Grand Theft Auto. FIFA. And yes, when it comes around, Grand Theft Auto. No, they Auto. still buy it every year. <laughs> <laughs> touche, touche. Yes, uh, and that's the you know that's the short list. Like literally, that's the list uh, of of the games that get bought every single year. And so uh, suddenly, like. You know, Tony Hawk doesn't matter. Tony Hawk's pro skater and and the other things in in the Activision catalog uh, just do not. You know, they're they're strangely irrelevant in this case. Even though you know, it, clearly Sony doesn't care if Microsoft started mining that back catalog that you were talking about, Destin, and all that stuff could be exclusive. They just they they want to keep that. They want to keep Call of Duty because they know that that's that's what's keeping a reasonable chunk of the audience buying a buying, you know, keeping their PlayStation accounts going every year and, and, you know, continuing to play their PlayStation every year is, is like, yep, got to have my call of duty every November and fire up my PlayStation. So this whole thing continues to be a saga. Uh, I can't wait till it's over, but I have no idea when that's going to be. I don't know when the, I don't know. Destin, they said, cause you've been doing a great job of keeping on top of this. Have they said when the case is supposed to go to trial? I know Microsoft can respond on Thursday. And okay. They have to respond to this by Thursday. 
uh, and it's going to go to trial in like March or like mid year. Actually, no, mid year, like June or something like that. Oh, okay. So, uh, that long, huh? Yeah, it could take through 2024. It depends on oh, whatever happens with this case. So, well, and you, you got to figure that's, that's good news for Sony regardless, right? If they can just keep yeah. it from actually going through, even if it eventually goes through, if they can just gum up the works as long as possible, that's in their business interest right. to see that happen. Exactly. And that's why they're not ever going to agree to a 10-year contract. Sony's right. best move right now is to just be quiet. Well, they're not doing that either. They're not, they're not, <laughs> they certainly not now. being quiet. They haven't said anything <laughs> since the FTC blocked it. And I think they play that game now because of what yeah. Microsoft has done with the 10-year contracts. They can't really say much, you know? All right. Well, we'll see what happens as, the, as 2023 gets underway. Uh, those were just big topics for the week here on our final Live Unlocked of 2022. Let's do a just for fun trivia question. This doesn't count for anything. It doesn't count for this year's standings. It's already decided. It doesn't count for next year since Stella's not here. Uh, we will start fresh in two weeks. But this one was sent to me. I had no idea about this. I looked this up. This is true. This is just a fun, crazy trivia fact. And it is this, what Friends star briefly worked for Bethesda in the 80s? Was it Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, David Schwimmer, or Matt LeBlanc? And I don't expect either of you to necessarily know this unless you've just heard this little thing before. I had not. This was new to me, and it's just, it's just amusing. Destin? Uh, I would... Like, my guess seems to be David Schwimmer, like somebody nerdy doing programming or something, right? But that's just totally based off the fact that he wears glasses, so, you know. <laughs> um, wow. I, I think that that's, like, what most people would guess. Uh, so I'm going to say Lisa Kudrow. I don't know why. I'm going to Lisa Kudrow. Okay. Uh, that brings us to our champion, Miranda Sanchez. Get ready for a little bit of blasphemy. I think Friends is just all right, <laughs> and I've seen only a little bit of it. Um, with that, I'm going to guess D. Matt LeBlanc. Okay. Uh, he did well, voice work for one of the fallouts. It was, uh, it's neither of them. It was, it was, in fact, Courtney Cox. What? Yeah, let me Whoa. just. Whoa. That was the one like, I was like, there's the no way it was Courtney Cox. Yeah, it's yeah. like, that's the one name I really remember. Like, for sure. It's like, I can put a face to that name. What? Yeah, it just. Uh, wow. We don't Courtney know. Cox was I'm trying the to sister find... of David Schwimmer. Lisa Kudrow was the goofy one. David Schwimmer was the nerdy guy with a crush on Rachel. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. LeBlanc was the sarcastic guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. It, it, in no. her IMDb, it doesn't say what job she held. It just says worked at video game developer slash publisher Bethesda briefly in the 1980s. Sorry, Matt LeBlanc huh. was the dumb guy, the actor. Oh yeah. Jo yeah, Joey. Joey, yeah, yeah. He got a Joey was a spinoff of Friends, a, a short-lived yeah. spinoff. Yes, and now Matt LeBlanc is uh, is on Top Gear. He's doing car car stuff. Nice. Oh, I did hear about the Top Gear turnover. Weird, weird to say, but who is yeah. the sarcastic guy again? Uh, that's that's uh, Chandler Chandler that's Bing Chandler, Chandler Bing, played by uh, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Yeah, I know his name because he came out with a biography. Yeah. Recently, oh yeah, he had a yeah. He was he was going yeah. He was he was throwing some shade out, trying to sell some books not too long ago. This is this is a weird thing to say, but 
I don't know if Miranda, Miranda, you might be too young to have lived through the Friends craze. Um, I it was in the '90s, right? Yeah, I was really young for it, so like I caught some of it, but it was a little, a little too old for me at the time, and I didn't mm. ever really feel the need to go back to it when I got older. So yeah, that's kind of just I sort of just was in that you awkward got... stage of not really it's... being. <laughs> Although yeah. plenty, plenty of plenty of younger folks have found it on streaming oh, sure. services and yeah. love it, right? It is still yeah. a yeah, it is found life even even in the generation after uh, folks that that's watched it when it was on. I was very well, there. You go. That that is an excellent. Oh, I have to give credit here. I forgot to write down the person's name, but I have it right here. Uh, oh, they didn't include their name in the uh, Zorn four five six. Thanks, Zorn. The, is the username on on that one? Did not. Give a, a proper name there, but thank you, Zorn. That is a that was a really good trivia question. And again, please send it in. I gave you the call out at the top of the show, so I won't repeat myself again on that. But help me refill the coffers of full of trivia, so that we have plenty of good material to choose from as the competition begins anew next year, meaning in two weeks from now. And with that, we have reached the end of Unlocked in 2022. The end of Unlocked 575 specifically. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan if you'd like to tweet at me for whatever reason, hopefully for a nice reason. And what else? I'll just be playing High on Life and finishing that over the break. I stopped playing God of War to play to play High on Life, and I, I have not... High on Life's kept me. Like, I'm not going... I'm going to just finish it and then go back to God of War. So that's how much fun I'm having with High on Life. Uh, Destin. Yeah. Take us, take us uh, through your plugs one last time this yeah. year. Well, first, uh, congrats, Miranda, uh, on winning the trivia. Thank well you. Well earned, well deserved. Uh, for me, still got LegarryBakery.com going on if you want cookies. Still do the YouTube thing over at YouTube.com slash the Destin channel or at Destin period because they allow handles now. And some Ooh. jerk has the Destin handle. And on Twitter, well, that's still a thing, at Destin Legary, if you want to follow me over there. Uh, thank you to all the Unlocked listeners. It's been a really uh, good year, and I appreciate you all watching the show and you know spending time with us on your uh, weekday. Well said. Miranda? Yeah, you can find me at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with a K, on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. And right now we are, of course, making sure that our guides are all good to go for the holiday season. So if you guys need any help, if you need help setting up new consoles, transferring safe from The Witcher, whatever it may be, we are working hard to make sure that you have a good and easy set of directions to follow for whatever you may need help with. Um, but yeah, as Destin said, thank you all so much for... Puppy, for uh, <laughs> for listening to this this year, it's been a true delight to come on the show every week, and I'm lucky to have such excellent co-hosts. Especially again, as we retouched on all the uh, acquisition news, I'm very grateful that Dustin is keeping up with all of this, so we can all be a little bit more informed than we were before starting recording. So, thank you, and also thank you, Ryan, for bringing Puppy. <laughs> yeah, since we're recording from home today, it was a no-brainer. She's She's been quietly laying right here the whole time. Zelina, the future service dog. Uh, I want to thank our super producer, Red, for doing such a killer job all year long. Just a fantastic job producing this show week in and week out. I want to thank Stella Chung, who could not be on this episode because she's got some other filming commitments for IGN today in this kind of kind of chaotic last week of the work year. Uh, we look forward to seeing Stella again in two weeks when we're all back to, to kick off 2023. And yeah, to, to echo both Miranda and Destin, thanks to all of you for sticking with us 
all year long. I hope you had fun this year because the good news is I'm it's uh I'm gonna sound like a, a pre pre 2016 Chicago Cubs fan here when I say <laughs> wait till next year. All the games, all the Xbox games are hopefully finally coming in 2023. Uh, Redfall, Starfield, Forza Motorsport, and hopefully more. Those are the three we're certainly expecting in uh, the, f the first half of 2023. We'll see if, if all three of those actually do ship in the next six months. But for uh, snore into the mic some more, like a, a waking <laughs> snore. Yeah, she stopped. <laughs> She's like, oh, the mic. Oh, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Miranda, Destin, thank you both. It has been a pleasure. We've had, I, I've been very blessed to have great co-hosts in my 10 years at IGN, but but this group, Destin, Stella, Miranda, you guys are, I, I just love doing the show with all three of you every week. It's just been a an absolute treat. So thank you, everybody. Again, we're off next week. Have a wonderful holiday. Happy New Year. And we'll be back on Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. So enjoy your Xbox. Happy gaming. And we will see you then.